Hello and welcome to episode five of the Baseball Backroads Podcast. Thanks to everyone who listened in to episode four, and welcome to listeners from Canada, Sweden, and the Czech Republic, who just hosted the European Championships, and from everything I could see, did a phenomenal job. Ostrava was one of the host sites, which is where I played in 2011. Tracking it all on social media, it looked like they really created an amazing atmosphere for the event. So congratulations to the Strava Eros organization and all of Czech baseball for hosting what I'm sure was an awesome European championship. As always, if you enjoy the podcast, please leave us a rating and review if you have a minute. I'm told this helps make the podcast more discoverable to others. You can also subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram at Baseball Backroads. Today's guest is Kathy Sasso. Kathy was an English as a new language teacher for the Houston Astros A-Ball affiliate, the Tri-City Valley Cats. The Valley Cats are now a Frontier League team after some of the post-COVID reorg. But Kathy taught several players who went on to great success with Astros, including winning a couple of World Series. Kathy has an awesome story to tell about her experience teaching in professional baseball, and her passion for teaching her students is readily apparent in our chat. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Kathy Sasso on the Backroads. Hey, Kathy, how's it going? Good, how are you? Thanks so much for taking the time to chat. Of course, my pleasure. Yeah, I really appreciate it. When uh, we had our, our mutual friend that said... Uh, she saw my Instagram page for the podcast and said, hey, I think I have a friend who could help you find some guests for your podcast. She was an ESL teacher for the Astros organization. And I said, well, players are cool, but I'd really like to talk to her about what she did because I haven't heard of that before. But as I thought about it, I mean, it makes perfect sense with baseball being such an international game. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, What's, can you remind me again the name of your podcast? Yeah, it's called Baseball Backroads. Oh, so. Cool trying to find some people with stories that may not be as mainstream uh, yeah. from players to maybe some history, um, some more, maybe not as well-known jobs, things like that. Oh, yeah. Interesting. So, oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Yeah. Hopefully we find a little niche here and get a bit of a following. I've been pretty happy with um, our first episode that we released a couple weeks ago. We have a next episode coming out Thursday and then, um, I did two interviews this weekend, and then I'll have you. So we'll have three in the queue. So uh, I think think we're doing pretty well. Oh, that's great! Yeah, it's so fun. It's funny because when I was teaching the classes, sometimes we would come across these articles. Like there was an article about the mud. There's like a company that basically packages mud to scruff up the baseballs. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like it was just interesting. Like we learned kind of interesting stuff as we were going along too. Yeah. Try to sure. keep it interesting for the guys, you know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um yeah, so um maybe if you could just kind of kick us off and just kind of sure. tell us what is an ESL teacher and kind of what you did for the Astros organization. Sure. Yeah. So I um, teach English to speakers of other languages. Um, so now the new acronym is ENL, really. It's English as a new language because for some people it's not just their second, it's their third, fourth. Oh, makes and sense. so on. Yeah. Um, and a good friend of mine was, um, she was the original teacher. So there's a team here locally in Troy called the Tri City Valley Cats. And it was the single A short season team for the Houston Astros. And in 2010, when my friend was about to have a baby, she contacted me because she had told me she was teaching baseball players like in the summer. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. 
So she was going to have a baby and um, she's like, listen, you know, I don't want to give away the job, but I'm kind of trying to set up my own maternity leave. Would you be interested in covering those classes this summer? And I was like, sure, that sounds fun, you know? So, um, so that was how I started. And um, yeah, it was, it was quite an experience from the time I started to the time I left too. Um, And, you know, we can talk more about that if you want, but when I first started, it was like a, an intern emailed me and said, okay, these are the students that are going to be on your class list. And they were all, you know, basically Latin players that year. And it was funny because one of them was Kike Hernandez. Oh, who wow. Is now on the Dodgers. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was done by an intern. I don't think there was any kind of screening or there was any pre-testing, nothing. So I get this list as so I have these groups, this group of guys in my classroom and the classroom at the time was a suite in the stadium. And at the end of the class, this is kind of one of my favorite stories. Kike comes up to me. He's like, teacher, me no speak English. And he does it like with a thick accent, you know. And I was like, okay, well, you know, we're going to try to work on it a little this summer. We'll see, you know, just just keep coming to class. And he's like, no, really, I speak English. I'm not sure why they put me in this class. <laughs> so, so I was like, okay, let me see what I have to do. So basically, I emailed this intern. I'm like, there's a kid on the team who said that he speaks English. And then, and he was like 19, I think, at the time. And then there was another student from Brazil, Murilo Gouveia, who's been playing. He's been playing in Italy most recently. But he also, he, the two of them were like, we're not sure why we're here because our, we think our English is pretty good. So it was basically any foreign player they just stuck in the class so that's where it started but then over time the astros were wise enough to hire somebody to coordinate the whole thing and um i mean not to toot our horn but the the 2017 and 2019 world series were a lot of our players were on those teams and even last year um also so I think what they were doing with development and also teaching these guys English definitely helped. Because, I mean, typically, there's been a little bit of a divide, you know, between the the American, quote, in quotes, players and the the international players, because some of it's obviously due to language, right? But then there's also some cultural things. And sure. You know, for example, when they used to come in the summer and these they're kids, they're like 1920, you know, and we used to always say like, oh, it would be so ideal if they could room one of the quote unquote American players with one of the Latin guys, you know, so then they would have to speak more English. Right. And they would. Oh, my gosh, my kittens are tearing up. <laughs> I'm sorry. No problem. <laughs> come on, buddy. I think it's time for you to get out of here. Um, they just knock over anything that's like loose but um yeah but we always used to say that because what would happen was like the you know the the latin guys would tend to group together because let's say they're cooking a meal you know and they want to eat what they want to cook not you know necessarily what maybe an american guy would want to cook right so they're looking to cook rice and beans where you know what i mean stuff like that oh yeah for sure um but so i think there was always a little bit of a divide unfortunately um and, you know, I think it's individual, too. There's obviously individual players who will reach out both on both sides. You know, there's, there's you know, the players who grew up here who were trying to learn enough Spanish to communicate with their um, 
teammates. In fact, I was talking to a dad at the Valley Cats game the other night because it's, it's no longer affiliated with the Astros, but it's a Frontier League team. Oh, okay, yeah. And um, this guy's son played for the Diamondbacks, I think. And um, he was like, yeah, I couldn't believe it. My son is speaking so much Spanish. We picked up a player at the airport. And he's like, it's not like he's fluent, fluent, but he had a whole conversation with him in the car on the way. And I'm like, good for him. You know, like he made a point to learn enough Spanish that he could, you know, make this other player probably feel more comfortable. And, um, you know, and some of them will help the guys um, who are learning English, you know, like teaching them, like they'll be patient with them or they'll help them with their pronunciation, you know. So, you know, I've seen some very positive things happen. And then I've seen other sides of it where the guys told me, oh, you know, that person made fun of my accent. And so mm. now I'm embarrassed. You know, we would work a lot. A lot of times um, towards the end of the season, we tried to get the guys to practice post-game interviews. That was our big like we thought that was a really cool thing we would do with them, because if they had a really good game, we wanted our guys to be, you know, on the field with the microphone being interviewed. Right. And, um yeah, and so that was always fun. We would we would videotape the the interviews and um sh- so they could see, you know, this is this is how you looked, you know, and we would show them who's that Japanese player that has the really funny interviews. He he's so funny and he I can't think of his name, but we would always show them his interview. We're like, "Listen, you know, his English is not perfect, but he gets his point across and he has a sense of humor about it. He doesn't, you know, yeah. Like if you just kind of relax and go with it and not worry so much, but you know, it's hard if they're in a very macho, very competitive sport, you know? So yeah, I think it's, um, it's very vulnerable to be, you know, interviewed in a second language. Oh, for sure. They're learning, you know what I mean? So yeah. Anyone who's tried to learn a second language can understand Empathize. that, that vulner- vulnerability. Yeah. It's very, um, you would hope, right? Yeah. You would hope so. Um, yeah, I think uh, you mentioned though. I think the guy maybe is Korean guy Chan Ho Park. Oh yeah, is that the uh, name? No, his name was Chan Chan Lo. Yeah. Oh, Chan Lo. Okay, mm-hmm. but I remember Chan Ho Park used to give really funny interviews. He told a guy once that he had diarrhea just messing with him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he just he just played it he just played it off like he didn't know yeah. what the word like he didn't know what the word meant, and he was just he was just totally totally messing with the guy interviewing him. Um, that's great. No, but that's uh, that's great. So your job was kind of it, it was I guess to learn a language, I guess it has to go deeper than that. So you're also kind of almost a cultural a bridge for yeah, for players as well. Sure. Um, yeah. We yeah. would, I mean, you know, our classes, cause you know, language is listening, speaking, reading and writing. So we would try to hit, you know, all of those components. And it was a really, um, cause we were just with them in the summer. Right. So we would have them say June, July, August, and when they're away, they'd be away for like three or four days, then they wouldn't usually have class on a travel day or the, the you know, there was restrictions on certain days we wouldn't have class. So, you know, so in a, in a given week, we might have, we might see them three times for an hour each time. Um, and like I said, when the woman, Doris Gonzalez, who is an amazing um, administrator and did a fantastic, and teacher, did a fantastic job pulling that program to where it got, you know, eventually bringing it to the the level it was. I mean, she was able to get um, 
an online program that the guys would have to do a certain number of hours a week. So, you know, they start learning when they're in the Dominican Republic in the academy. Right. And then they, they take classes during spring training and then, you know, in each of the affiliates. So we would once a year during spring training go to Florida and have meetings ourselves during spring training and have professional development. And we would talk about, because it was a really unique teaching experience, right? You're not teaching, you know, kids towards whatever their high school graduation requirements. You're teaching guys who are in a profession, you know, where they need to learn certain communication to be able to, right. to, to be competitive and to be part of a team. And um, so it was, this is a unique situation. And um, yeah, so, so, you know, I, I, Doris, I mean, my, so my friend, Michelle, who had the baby, she and I, I covered her maternity leave that one year. And then when she was the following summer, they reached out to me and I was like, listen, this isn't really my job. My friend is my friend. But I reached out to her and I said, Hey, you know, cause sometimes it would be hard. Like if you want to take a week of vacation, but then there's three classes this week, there's three classes this week. You know what I mean? So it gets, oh, yeah. so I told her, I was like, you know, if you wanted, if you wanted to like co-teach or share the job, just let me know. I really had a good time. Cause I had a really nice group of students that first summer. And one of them, I still remember he was, he would always, you come to the game tonight. We'll get you a ticket. Tell me. Cause they, you know, their families aren't here, you know, like right. some players would have their parents actually come to their games or their, you know, siblings or cousins or whatever. And here's these guys who are some from so far away. So we would be like their family at the game, you know, cheering them on and whatnot. Yeah. But, um, you just help them build their community. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so I had, so I had a really good, so then Michelle was like, oh, I love that idea because, you know, we both had kids, we both, you know, had stuff going on in our lives that made it, sometimes it was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be away this week. So then one of us would cover those classes. And then, and then like the, the final year here before the whole COVID thing was, was actually the year before, was 2018, 2019, was the last year before, because when then COVID hit and then MLB disbanded 40 teams and the whole bit. Right, right. But in 2018, we had such a big group of the guys, like our, I think we had 17 or something in our class. So with two of us, we were able to split the class. We had sort of a more intermediate advanced class and a more beginner class, you know, so we split the group and, um, and it worked out really well. And then, you know, some things we would do together as a whole class and then sometimes, you know, if we were doing like a reading activity where we, we, you know, we could push the, the higher level guys to a little higher level reading, you know what I mean? So we would oh, split, yeah, maybe, we would, maybe we would have the same topic, but we would split the class and, you know, do it at different reading levels yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, so we, you know, but, and yeah, we had, and we would do music. We did songs all the time. Like, you know, what's that song? Um cheerleader we did a like a little bit of <laughs> um what's the other one that was so, like it would depend on what was popular that summer a lot of times like if there was a popular song like i just did for summer school in fact that song miley cyrus flowers okay we also did, we did bruno Bar- mars when i was your man you know yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. but you'd be surprised because music lyrics have a lot of idi- idiomatic language and um oh yeah that makes sense. language and slang, you know, things that they might not learn from a book, but that, you know, they're going to hear from their colleagues or their teammates or their classmates, you know, so, yeah. Yeah. 
And we had no, a lot that... of fun with the guys, you know. I, I'll be honest, it, those those classes over the years were a lot of fun. It was it was hard because the guys, I think, <laughs> for them, it was one more thing, right? Like, right, yeah, that was going to be my next question. Yeah, some of them, you know, were like really serious and saw it as a great opportunity. Some of them were just like, I'm tired. I just want to go home. You know, so we would have a mix depending on, you know, and sometimes we would have a rehab, for example, a guy come down for rehab. That was, um, oh, he was from Taiwan. We had this one student from Taiwan. He was so unhappy just to even be there. He's like, what am I doing here? You know what I mean? Oh, no, yeah. So he, you know, he didn't, like, he would come, but he definitely wasn't putting it all, all his best effort. But every year we would pick, um, we would make awards for, like, best students or you know most improved or helpful to their teammates or you know just we would we would kind of recognize the guys who really did put in the effort and you would see it in their language ability and sometimes you'd see it on the field like sometimes they got the relationship between being able to communicate better with teammates and like you know like in the clubhouse joke around with their teammates whereas if they're only able to speak with the latin players they're missing you know big part of the team you know what i mean right the camaraderie yeah yeah critical i mean a couple of teams in baseball are learning that right now you can't just put a collection of talent together and expect to win you gotta have that (laughs) for sure right like the mets and the yeah the mets and the padres are learning that the hard way you can't just spend a bunch of money and win games you gotta have a little something extra yep well it's funny i was just i just had that conversation yesterday with a player actually because i read the book astro ball you know, when it first came out or whatever. Okay. And there's a part of it where they talk about that, that Carlos Beltran was like the kind of the father figure in the clubhouse, you know, they said mm-hmm. that. He, and I mean, the, the, the whole cheating thing aside, like I know after that, that a whole thing blew up, but, but Carlos Beltran in the clubhouse he was the guy, like, if a guy struck out, who'd be like, hey, listen, no way, you're going to get it next time. You're going to be okay. Like, you know, in this book, they said that that his, like, sort of his experience and his, you know, kind of wisdom was really critical in, in, in for the team. So uh, those are the intangibles, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I was just talking about that because now everything's track man everything's numbers statistics but there's things that you cannot put into numbers you know the the young man i was talking to yesterday he's a leader on the field and he was a leader in the classroom when he was my student and you know i was saying that i was like it's too bad that you know it all boils down to the numbers i said because you have that intangible thing that really helps the team you know because Uh the team otherwise is a collection of very competitive guys who are all trying to you know get whatever it is they're trying to get, you know, whether it's recognition or move up the ladder, you know, when you're in single A, you want to be in double A. When you're in double A, you want to be triple A. When you're triple A, you want to be on the 40, man. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. So, you know, wherever you are, you know, and so not recognizing that you're part of a team is also, you know, that can really hurt you. You know, it's a team effort. So, you know, having someone on the team who kind of helps build that camaraderie that is huge, really huge. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. yeah I, yeah, that may, and that, I mean, all that makes perfect sense. Like I said, I wanted the podcast to kind of be something where we talk to maybe jobs that other folks may not be aware of. And that makes sense that the, la- the language part being such a critical component, because even though, it, even when you move up to the big leagues, I mean, you become 
a little bit of a commodity as well, where they want to be able to market you to bring in money and stuff. And that's obviously going to be easier, you know, if you have a, yeah, a, a grasp on the language and the culture. I mean, so that, yeah, all that makes, that makes perfect sense now that we've talked about it, and thought about it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and um, yeah, I mean, and it used to drive me crazy when I would see some guys being interviewed with an interpreter because, you know, they, they would be, like I'm trying to think of who is the one that everybody said speaks English but always had an interpreter. And I'm like, that's too bad because, you know, first of all, all those guys coming up see that and then they feel more self-conscious, right? And at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of people in this country who speak with an accent, who respect that, oh, yeah. you know, who understand that, hey, this guy learned a second language, you know. But For sure. it's, it's interesting. And it's, you know, now it's even more complex with the whole immigration thing and just people's feelings about people from other countries and right a lot of yeah are you familiar with the america's favorite pastime act i am not what's what's that all about something like that it's called america's favorite pastime it's an it's it's congress passed legislation to make players in the minor league teams seasonal temporary workers mm. So that's why that for so long they were able to get away with paying them so little. Oh yeah. And actually just today. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Lawsuit, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. There's a lawsuit, Sene versus the MLB. I don't know mm -hmm. if you're aware of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. Today, the one or yesterday it was August 14th, the money started coming out where these guys are finally getting paid for those spring trainings and the mm -hmm. extended when they weren't getting any money. So I think it was great that they sued because, I mean, MLB can afford to pay these guys a little better. And now, fortunately, the minor league teams are part of a union and the whole housing thing. That was such a mess. I mean, so I got to know a lot of guys during COVID because of the guys I knew. They would be like, oh, can you help my friend? Right. So I would be helping them like whatever, apply for unemployment or um, whatever, whatever it might be. I would you know, make a phone call because they only have WhatsApp and they can't call the bank or whatever, you know? So, um, so one of the guys I got to know, he was in AAA for the Braves, you know, the year they won the world series and he couldn't get housing. Like he was living in a hotel and it was basically eating up his paycheck. I mean, he wasn't making that mm -hmm. much money. And I was like, did you check, you know, um, Airbnb? And he was afraid because it was still COVID, you know? So people were right. a little nervous about, you know, like it being clean and safe. And I don't know. So I remember he was like so frustrated because he's spending so much money just for a place to stay, but it had to be close to the stadium because they don't have cars, you know? And Oh yeah. That. Yeah. That's, um, that is kind of a, uh, minor league struggle for sure. I went through some of that myself. Um, my, uh, Ricky contract was a, a whole $600 a month. Oh wow. And, um, fortunately the team paid for a hotel, but I lived in a hotel for half a season. Um, you know, so it's, and then oh. you don't have a car and you have to get worried about getting shuttled back and forth and all that kind of stuff. And so right, right. it can't, it where, can't did, be where did you play Shelby? I didn't so, um, I, um, uh, I played independent league baseball, um, nice. out in, in Arizona for the Yuma Scorpions of the golden league. 
Nice. Um, and then I went overseas in 2011 and 2012. I played in Czech Republic and Germany. So, um, oh, not, cool. yeah, not understanding the language of the country you're playing in is something I'm familiar with. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say you had it on the other side. Of, yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of guys go to Japan too, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, I know they provide interpreters, which is amazing. So, yeah. So. No, we didn't, we didn't have that kind of baseball is not big enough in Europe for that kind of support. No, so not. you just kind of have to figure it out on your own um, and have some helpful teammates, which I had some wonderful teammates. Um, well, that's really like but, at yeah. the end of the day, that's what makes the difference, right? Oh, for sure. And then, um, you know, that for me, it was, it was baseball and I, and I knew I wasn't going anywhere. You know, I wasn't getting called up to the Houston Astros or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it was also just, you know, a fun experience to go play baseball. Yeah, for uh, sure. To play baseball yeah. in Europe. What a great opportunity. Yeah. So for you though, was, are you a baseball fan? Did you grow up liking baseball? Were you interested in working yeah, in baseball I, or was so it just kind of your friend got you there? <laughs> my husband's from Japan. So we always watch oh, baseball. Like, yeah. We're like baseball fans and growing up, you know, I, uh, it, like around here it was Mets and Yankees. So you were Mets or Yankees fan, you know, cause I'm from New York, but, um, but yeah, and I mean, but but after watching these guys, um, you know, and learning more about the whole like when I when I when I first started, I didn't understand that this was single A, and then they moved to double A, and then tri- oh, you know what I mean? Like I oh, didn't yeah, understand yeah, yeah. any of that. So it was a learning experience for me for sure. And and the more I learned, I feel like the more I could help them in some ways, like you know, understand a lot of things as well. Um, and you know, from here they would go to Iowa, which was really a culture shock because it's the that. middle of nowhere. And, um, luckily they were able to sometimes arrange for host families, which helped a lot, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, but you know, when you're making like no money food and, you know, even taking an Uber to the stadium, like that eats up your paycheck pretty Big fast. Time. Oh yeah. And most of these guys send money home to their families. They're not just they're not just paying for their own meals. They're trying to support mom, dad, maybe their siblings, or they have a wife and a baby. You know what I mean? So, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I love, and like, like I said, also <laughs> it was funny. One of the, as I got to know the guys over the years, you know, we learned more and more from each group and depending, some were more forthcoming. But one time I asked, a group of guys like so what do you like better you like playing at the home stadium here because we have a really good crowd we always have pretty pretty good attendance people are very respectful you know they love the guys you know they're very supportive of the team and so i just assumed they would be like oh yeah i love playing here because of the fans and it's just a good place they're like no we like playing on the road because we get 25 dollars meal money (laughs) oh yeah 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 yeah. that makes sense speechless because i was like but you know looking at what they were making at that time i think it was 150 bucks a week maybe you know and so 25 dollars for four days on the road that's like doubling your pay practically you know what i mean it's for sure crazy to think about so oh yeah that was another thing you know a lot of the guys you know they pay taxes and then they have to find a tax return so i've oh, right yeah i've gotten pretty good at turbo <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad the U.S. government's coming out with their own because I always thought that was not fair to have to give a company your information, you know. But right? Yeah. Well, so you were kind of a, a one one stop shop for all things. Yeah, kind of, kind of the little things you don't think about, I guess, when you yeah. when you do stuff like that. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of things people here would take for granted, right? Like, right. But there, there, you know, they would 
So whenever the W-2s would come out, I'd get a flood of, teacher, can you help me with my taxes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, some of them too, like, even if they were capable, they don't have the Wi-Fi, like depending on where they live. And the, like Venezuela is the Wi-Fi spotty, you know, and power goes out, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. they could do it. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So um, a little off topic, but you, you mentioned that your uh, husband is from Japan and you guys, yeah. like, so have you been to a baseball game in Japan? No, I've never been to a baseball oh, game. Man. Actually, I was hoping, I was hoping like, last time we were there in 2019. Story. Yeah. Have you been? I haven't. I would love to. Um, yeah, my okay. my wife is uh, Korean. Oh, cool. So, um, and yeah, so I really, one of our things we want to try to do sooner rather than later is uh, visit Korea and go to a baseball game there because they have such a, a unique atmosphere, so a lot different from what we do here. Yeah, I bet. And um, my cousins lived in Korea twice and they loved it. And actually, my my cousin my cousin's son played baseball over there, and they had a really good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so like for yeah, yeah, it would be love the food. Yeah, be, <laughs> yeah for sure. We're for big sure. foodies. My husband's a <laughs> chef, actually. So, so oh, that's how, you say he's a chef? Yeah, we had a oh, sushi wow. bar for a long oh, time. Oh, that's exciting. He just started working for another restaurant that just okay. opened here. Well, you guys are a unique couple then, teaching English to baseball <laughs> players and making sushi. That's pretty cool. As a matter of fact, a couple times we had I had my husband come to class and we had made have to show the guys how to make sushi. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, it's always fun when you can bring food into a classroom. Like, oh, for sure, and get them interested. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When yeah, so that- involved. They're definitely going to be there, especially these guys. Like I said. You know, the guys who had a big signing bonus, you know, like you'd see some guys walk in with Starbucks, you know, because mm-hmm. they had a nice cushion. Right. But then the guys who had no barely any signing bonus, you know, they would come. Like, I remember one guy had a pot he would be making because he'd make rice and beans in his pot and he'd mm-hmm. bring it to his class so he could eat lunch after, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, but- so, um. You mentioned it a little bit earlier, but I was I'm kinda I was interested to it sounds like your your guys are pretty pretty motivated and good students. Um but I was for the I most inter- part. I ha- yeah and I have to oh I just to, you know, emphasize that my boss, Doris Gonzalez, she held them to high standards and there was oh. a, a manager that she worked with down there in Florida who also um I know he was sometimes the guys hated it because he was so tough. But he like would have certain certain insistence. He wanted them to wear like a golf shirt with a collar, so that because he's like you're professional. When you go out in the public and people see you, you you're representing the team. And he, you know, if you were late, he he made he made the guys. You know, I don't know what he made them do, but he punished them for being late. Or, like he had very high standards. And my boss, also, you know, like if you miss class, she had consequences. But she also rewarded, you know people who worked hard and who tried and who made progress, you know, there was definitely, but I think because it became the culture that the guys knew, you know, like we had to report back at the end of the season mid season and end of the season. I think like we would have to send in kind of an update in in each individual student, like a report card, you know? And so, and then in her program, they would have to graduate like, you you weren't out of English class until you showed that you were proficient in all four, you know, listening, writing, reading, speaking. And the speaking was an interview with one of the higher ups, one of the Houston higher ups. You know what I mean? It wasn't Doris. It was somebody 
you know, she would make arrangements for them to, to interview the guys. And it wasn't until they said, yeah, this guy can communicate well enough. I think he deserves to graduate that they would graduate. So, um, my, one of my students was telling me about another team that he played for. And he's like, yeah, the, the test was kind of a joke. It wasn't as, it was like nothing. I was really nervous. And they, cause, cause they were trying to get him to take classes. And he's like, well, I already graduated when I was with the Astros and like, well, no, this is a different program. And it's like, okay. And then he's like, I was nervous, but it ended up being, you know, much, much easier. He's like, oh, I was like, oh, this is a piece of cake compared to what they make us do. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, so I have to say like Doris's high standards really, I think was, you know, set the tone. I mean, we were, when we were at spring training, one of the years, Jeff Now talked to the guys and basically he said to them, this is like your university. He's like, you're here. You have like four years to make it through the system, learn from everybody you can you know, and, and take advantage of every opportunity you can. And, you know, this is your chance. Right. And I think, um, that advice, like of trying to learn as much as you can while you're in the system, some guys really took it to heart. And some guys, I remember one player who I, I loved, he was a huge guy and he was kind of a character, but he was so anxious. Just, he wanted to be on his dairy farm in the Dominican Republic. He's like, I just want to go home and milk cows and be with my family. Like he just, <laughs> he did not, he wasn't like, you know, some guys are like, I'm going to make it to the big leagues. I want to, you know, I want, I want that, that reward, you know, he was not, he was like, I just want to go home. And yeah. it was, you know, but I think he'd been in for a while and he, I don't know, maybe because of his physique, he was kind of pushed into baseball, but I don't mm. think he loved it. And right at that point he was just like i just want to go home yeah and then the guys would usually hit the wall around this time of the summer too because you know they've been away from their family spring training starts in february you know and it's august and they know like in a few weeks they're going to be going home they'd really start getting anxious to like oh yeah yeah they see the season season end at the at the end of the tunnel yeah especially if they're not having a great season too they just want it to be done you know oh sure yeah no um you know if you played I'm sure yeah. you when you're in Europe you were anxious to come home when the time came, you know. Um, I don't know. Uh maybe maybe the first season, but uh no, I um I got I had a good time. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's good. good for you. Yeah. That's awesome. Um no, I always I was always ready to come home. That make but I was always happy to to go back to and travel. To yeah. And, yeah. So like I said, I think it's me, a little uh, different too. Like there's there's situations like Yeah. Yeah. They didn't have money to like take advantage of it. one of the things we did though because we're so close to the baseball hall of fame is we would always schedule um i don't know after a few years we they had at one time they had a bus trip going to the the hall of fame and we were like oh and then after that we were like we should take them every year because it's such a such a motivational <laughs> yeah and taking minor leaguers hall yeah. of fame like yeah and there's a whole uh, viva um that section, the Latin section. Oh yeah, for sure. It's called, and so yeah, and they would see like you know memorabilia from their favorite players, or you know. So those were some really good times. I remember fondly going, you know, every yeah. time. But that was always a good, good trip. And yeah. you know, my my husband and I, Michelle and I, would sometimes try to have like barbecues on a on a Monday when they had a day off. Like we would try to invite all the guys, you know, at least once a summer to have a barbecue um just to get the, get them together for a meal and 
if I, I had one year, I had a couple of guys from Panama, or at least one, I think, and I invited some friends that were Panamanian and she made some food from like their culture, you know, just, just to try to, you know, make them feel at home a little bit, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 Like, and that, yeah, that's something I can relate to a little bit. When I was in Europe, we always had, you know, one or two families that would take us under their wing and make sure we had something to eat, something good to eat. Because you have, you know, a bunch of 22, 23 year old guys living in an apartment. There wasn't always a uh, quality yeah. food, quality right, food right. to be had. Yeah. So, um, there's one, um, yeah, one, I remember one lady in particular, her, um, she was Moroccan, her husband was German. And she would make us some uh, some good food. She'd have us over almost once a week just to make sure we had at least a good meal once a week. So she took good uh, care of us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's gets um, yeah, it's it's good to hear that they have they had people like you to to help them out and take care of them a little bit more than because um, it can be uh, the baseball business can be cold sometimes. So it's yes. good to hear that there are folks like you were there to take care of take care of guys. Yeah, we tried. You know, we always try. I always tried to, you know empathize with I, whenever i'd go to games i'd try to get pictures of them and send them to them so they could send oh that's awesome yeah take video we, that one summer though i said to the guys i'm like I, I looked at the calendar i'm like listen you have these days off like i think they had more than one day off so i was like because sometimes if they just had one day off they're like i don't want to do anything i want to sleep i don't want anybody bothering me i don't want to you know what i mean oh, yeah. they they had like it was maybe they had monday for the day off and then tuesday was the all-star game so they had a couple days you know mm-hmm. so I was like, I, you know, showed him the calendar. I'm like, you have this day off. How about this day we do, you know, dinner at my house. And one of the guys was like, let us cook for you. And I was like, (laughs) really? And I was like, that'd be so cool. So he made this delicious chicken dish. And then the other guy made Sancocho, which is very popular, like soup that they eat, you know? So Mm -hmm. yeah. And then I made ribs and it was like, we had a lot of food, but that's awesome. It it was fun. It was a good time. I I remember that so fondly, like, you know, the guy happy, they were cute and they were like cooking together and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, are you, are you still in touch with any of your, any of your guys that you talk? Oh yeah. A lot of them actually. Oh, awesome. Yeah. In fact, we were at the Yankees game with the Astros a week ago, Sunday. And, um, unfortunately it's tricky. Like the way it is, you're so separated from them, you know, Mm -hmm. but, and I tried to go down to the bullpen, but it was when the game was going on and they were like inside, it was hot. So they weren't out. And I don't even, I don't know if they saw, I was trying to wave and, Okay. But afterwards, the one he he was the closing pitcher, and Brian Abreu. He's I was messaging. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We were messaging back and forth. You know, I'm like, we're here. You know, and he's like, thanks for coming. And and then at the end, he's like, where are you sitting? So at the end, I could see him like looking up to find us, and I was oh, like, yeah. waving my arm. <laughs> but you know, you're with so many people, it's like impossible. So yeah. he's like, I'm so sorry. And the next day they were with the White House. It was so cool, you know. But oh, I had cool. message, you know, we were messaging him. So I'm like, I'm sorry, I missed you. I'm like, I'm hoping to get to DR sometime, maybe this winter. He's like, Yeah, it's better. I'm not working and we can hang out, you know. So it's, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah. And there's a guy who he didn't stay in single A for very long. He was here for like, well, I don't know, long enough for me to know him a little bit, but not that long. And uh he moved right up. But um yeah, but from Barry Valdez was our student. Oh wow, Jose, he's having a great season. Christian Javier. Oh wow, okay, yeah. So you no, know, yeah, that's um some of the big names there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's awesome. So um, yeah, no, yeah. That's I'm just 
processing the, all the names. That's pretty, that's, that's, that's cool. Yeah. Um, over time. I mean, if I thought about it, there's a lot of guys. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I could, you know, I'd have to go through my, my, my Rolodex in my mind, but currently those guys are, you know, doing very well. Yeah. Was, yeah. Are, um, are you still teaching or have you kind of moved on to other, other jobs? I'm a teacher. I teach in the Albany city schools. I work in, oh, wonderful. we have a newcomer program. So I work in that building, which I love. Um, it's geared for students who just arrived. So they're oh. beginner beginners pretty much. Um, and the idea is to keep them for a year or two to get them enough so that when they enough English so that when they go back to their home school, um, they can function. So like I'm in the high school. So we, you know, we want these kids to be able to get back to the high school. And then eventually in New York state, you have to pass regents exams to graduate. Right. So the goal is that, you know, they can get, get to the point where they graduate. And, you know, we've seen some big increases in our graduation rates among our students. And I think a lot of it has to do with that because it's very hard for the newcomers when they first come to be just thrown in and have to survive, you know, it's like hardly any English. It's, it's oh, weird. for sure. You know, even, you know, even given ENL and co-taught classes and um, it's still really a challenge. So this program has really helped. And uh, it's, it's funny because sometimes they don't want to leave, you know, cause it's a little bubble cause it's a smaller oh, school right. and, you know, it's all about, you know, kids, but, but, you know, a lot of our kids go to the high school and then they, they do very well. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So you're. And right now, you know, we're bracing ourselves for more students because, so in our community now, obviously, with the migrant um, influx and New York City sending them upstate, we've got pockets of now a lot of migrant um, okay. students that are going to be enrolling in school. So, I mean, we've been seeing it. but And then we also have a lot of students from Afghanistan. Um, oh, that makes from sense. From like yeah. Syria, from um, Yemen. Um, Ecuador, Guatemala, I mean, yeah, 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 Guatemala, yeah. Um, Mexico, yeah. some Dominican students. Yeah, we get we get students from pretty much all over. But Albany is a um, is a um, ref, refugee center. Okay, so like the USCRI, Albany is one of the cities that that they bring in refugees, and so you know, a lot of our students are refugees. Yeah. So what? Uh, just one question here is um, when you are, when you're teaching English um, as a news for someone and you don't share a language with them, how do you, how do you manage that? Yeah, that's a really good question. So um, it is helpful sometimes when you like with the Latin players, knowing Spanish was great because I would know the grammar construct in Spanish. You're like, okay, you know, in Spanish you say, I have 19 years, but in English you say I am 19 years old. You know what I mean? So you it, it helps when you can show them what we say versus what you know is said in Spanish. But when I don't know the language, we use a lot of visuals. And you know, Google Translate is very helpful sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, I mean, you kind of use whatever's at your disposal right. to get the point yeah. across. A lot of yeah, times. That makes sense. You know, if we're starting a new topic, for example, we'll pre-teach the vocabulary and um, so that, and then we'll have them, you know, all right, take out your, your phone and translate this word so you know what it is in your language. So, which is for older kids who are literate, um, that can be done. Sometimes, you know, you have students who have no literacy in their first language and you're teaching them these, you know, 
high-end academic words. So you try to break it down as best you can and, you know, yeah. show examples. And I, videos are great sometimes because for a concept, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Video... I've been a teacher before as well. So I'm. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, that's what I did um, when I got home from playing. I uh, oh, started cool. teaching and coaching as well. Oh, excellent. But, yeah. So. Um, but you're not doing a... it anymore? No, I. um. Yeah, I, I live in the D.C. area with uh, oh. my wife and I are up here and we, we both work for the government, which, you nice. know, is kind of the the industry town for that. <laughs> sure. um, but yeah, I, live, we, I live there after college. for. OK, yeah. But we, we definitely have the uh, the shared passion for education. That's uh, yeah, I, I would go back to it if if um, if I could here. But for now, we're we're kind of uh, where we are. So it's yeah. but uh, but it's good. But well, hey, it's um, nice when people have had the experience and they res- they respect what we do. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times there's there's those people who've never done it and they're like, oh, you know, teachers get paid too much. I remember a few years ago it was like two thousand eight nine when the when the economy was really rocky and all of a sudden teachers were like the whipping post, like they oh, get paid yeah. too much. You know what I mean? It's like, wait a minute, what? I've never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, hey, um. Yeah, I really appreciate you taking up the chat this evening. That was a really interesting conversation. I, I definitely learned yeah. a lot, and I think uh, hopefully the listeners will will too. Um, yeah, I'll um, I'll let you know when we when we drop the podcast and let it run. Oh, cool. But, uh, but I really, yeah. yeah, really appreciate you taking the time to chat this evening. That was my pleasure, absolutely anytime. And if you ever want to talk to anybody else, you know, I I um, do know a lot of people at baseball. Yeah. Okay. You know, between players and uh, yeah. You know, inside you could talk to you know inside track for guys who've had to learn English, and then also there's one guy who used to always close out our our classes. He um he's like a baseball. He's actually a docent at the Norman Rockwell Museum, but he loves oh. baseball. He's a like an encyclopedia of baseball, and he like he has a picture of himself with um Jackie Robinson. Oh wow. When he was young, his dad's like, jump over the fence, go get over there. And like, took <laughs> Yeah. So he's, but he's got like a lot of stories like that. He used to get on the field pretending he was a photographer, but he didn't have any press credentials, but he would, you know, get uh, out there. So he would be probably a character to talk to if he ever wanted to, you know. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, there's, you know, there's a lot of people. My, my co-teacher, Michelle, and my uh, boss, Doris, Doris would be a really good resource because she could talk about you know what she went through in Dominican Republic, and I mean, she started like a GED program, so these oh wow, to get a high school diploma. Yeah, you know, so she's yeah, pretty amazing. So. Yeah, I think that's something a lot of even American baseball fans don't really know is that a lot of these guys get signed really young, like oh, yeah. sixteen years old, and they put them in these developmental leagues. Yeah, and so a lot of times they've been, I guess, what you could call professionals for yeah. year years before they even come to the United States. Exactly, they're like so, children, you know. Yeah. yeah. And they've given up so much, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, for sure. Uh, it's not necessarily. Um, I mean, it's obviously their families. You know, it's a, it's an opportunity, and most of them really love it. I mean, I know a lot of guys who are like, you know, I, I just want to do something in baseball. Even right, you know, if I don't make it to the majors. I like to coach. I like to have my own academy, or you know, they do stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, a lot of them they start so young. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, good deal. Well, uh, like I said, thanks yeah. again. It was a fun conversation. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And yeah, if you have any questions, you know, you know how to reach me. We'll do. <laughs> well, thanks so much. Have a great night. Thank you. You too. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Kathy for joining us on the podcast today. 
Remember to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram at Baseball Backroads. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the Backroads.